comic fans assemble. Ace Comic Con is coming to the Wamu Theater in CenturyLink Field Event Center June 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. Join Avengers stars Thor, Chris Hemsworth, Loki, Tom Hiddleston, and Spider-Man Tom Holland for an epic weekend with more Marvel heroes, stars of The Flash and Riverdale, and WWE superstars. Enjoy 60 top comic creators, 100 vendors and exhibitors, and 30 hours of panel programming. Tickets and information available now at acecomiccon.com. Excuse me. Get your presumptuous ass out of my seat. Oh, oh my sacral occipital circuit is sticking. You're gonna have to do that thing again later. Yeah. All right, course to Kessel is set. Plug in coordinates in now. Just keep your pinky on the yoke. Try not to mess anything up. Whatever you say, my lady. Just let me know when you're ready to jump. Ready and. Ready. It's just a simple jump to hyperspace and we're there? What's so tricky about that? Plenty. Can't plot a direct course to Kessel. You have to thread through the psychotic cluster and then pass through the maelstrom. You done flirting? I'm still ready. You might want to buckle up, baby. Bonus episode of Blast Points is Jason. And it's Gabe. And this week, our bonus episode is an interview I did a little while back where I talked to Darren Moser. And if Darren Moser's name is not familiar or his name online, Dr. Sci-Fi is not familiar, there is no doubt that you saw him dressed as L337 at the solo premiere. Yes, it's that person. Yeah, he did the premiere the right way. Dressed as L337. Anyone can wear a tuxedo. Anyone can wear a flannel shirt with a sport coat and some sweet Nike Monarchs. But not everyone is dressed as L337. There were a lot of stars at that solo premiere, but he was the true star. Shining bright. (laughs) So I had the opportunity to talk to him about all of this. And let's listen to that conversation right now. So if you watched any of the footage from the Hollywood solo premiere or pretty much looked at any photos of that premiere, you probably saw the real-life L337 standing in the crowd, hugging actors and actresses, kissing babies, doing everything. Well, there was, of course, a person inside that amazing handmade L337 suit 
And that real person is here with me right now, Mr. Darren Moser. Darren, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. I'm better than my costume counterpart. Uh, we'll get to that later, but uh, thanks for having me on. And I'm longtime listener, first time caller. I think it's the <laughs> official official term I need to use. But thanks for having me on, Jason. Of course. Yeah. Uh, th- thank you for being here. So that night, I mean, I was so I was watching the live oh, stream man. <laughs> and like, you know, we we had talked a little bit like on Instagram and stuff. And I was I I was feeling like I kind of know that guy through the Internet. <laughs> Look at him. So what 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 was that night like for you? That must have been incredible. It it really was. And I want to start off by saying that that night happened because of friendship and because of the stars aligning uh, friendship, because m- some of my droid builder friends passed along some messages uh, from Lucasfilm that they were looking for characters from solo. And they're like, you guys don't have anything for that. Do you question mark? And my friends knew that I had been <laughs> furiously working on my L three, three, seven costume. Cause why not? And uh, you know, reached out to Lucasfilm with their fan relations and they're like, Oh yeah, that, that looks good. Uh, here's a ticket, uh, be here by four. And thus my deadline of May 25th moved to May 9th. And, uh, I redoubled my efforts as failure was not an option, but yeah, I was, I was a little tired. Uh, I had woken up at 7am, uh, the, the, the day before, and gone to work and then got home, continued to finish on L3 and was done by 10 a.m. the following morning. Oof. Did not sleep that night. Uh, con crunch was a thing, but it pushed me through. And 10 a.m. was the first time I tried the entire costume on because I'm like, I need to do a dry run. I cannot have the first time I put this on be stepping out of the red carpet. That is that is a rookie mistake, Jason. Do not <laughs> do that. <laughs> So, I mean, literally two days before I had bought the bins to transport the thing, you know, in some semblance of order. So I pop, box it all up. It's in my car. I leave really early because it's L.A. and traffic. You never know. It's a Leviathan that can snap at you at any moment. And I'm like, I am not going to be late. So I, I arrive. Lucasfilm treats us great. They're they're really good with their fans. And uh, they had special accommodations for myself and the Chewbacca who was there because we needed to actually change into our costumes. We couldn't just drive or, or show up. And there were a lot of great costumes there. There was great Landos. There were Kira's. There were Hans. I mean, there was only one L3. That's all I'm going to say. I'll leave that <laughs> at that. But so we, we come out and we go to the fan pen is what they call it. And that's the little mini bleacher area that they have on either side of the red carpet. And I mean, again, this is not their first rodeo. They've done quite a few of these premieres in the in the Disney era. And they know we're going to we're going nuts for this film. We haven't even seen it yet. And so they have us right there. And Chewie and I are kind of right next to the fan pen. There wasn't really room to fit a Wookiee and an L3. Who knew in (laughs) inside uh, inside that? So we basically became our own photo booth. 
And all these people coming down the carpet were like, oh, hi, you know, I'll sign your thing. Oh, yeah, let's take a selfie. Oh, look, there's Chewbacca. Hey, kids, come over. Let's take a picture with Chewbacca. Oh, L3. Oh, let's get in between you guys. And then I do my go-to line of, you're getting a picture with the two best co-pilots of the galaxy. And that killed. That was <laughs> that was a great line that I, if I do say so myself. That's a really good one, yeah. And and I mean, I, I do know that Chewbacca was the draw. I mean, people would come up and be like, oh, oh, that's that's L3. Chewy. Yeah. I mean, I could tell <laughs> who people's favorite is. I mean, I have no illusions, but that's OK. It brought him over. And uh, so, yeah. So, I mean, that was the long preamble to answering your question. But I'm standing there on the carpet and I'm just like, I'm here. I it happened. It worked. And I, I, nothing's fallen off and I'm, you know, my feet haven't started hurting just yet. And it's just surreal that, you know, this moment is happening and I'm just, I'm just trying to soak it all in. And it's like, Oh, here comes Paul Bettany, the who plays the villain. Let's, let's take a picture. And I just, I kind of snap into my just cosplayer mode and that's been honed from years of being a stormtrooper and a member of the 501st Legion where you're just like, it's like, yeah, I'm there and I'm enjoying the experience, but I also want these people to have a good time too. And they want a picture with L3 or Chewbacca. And so it becomes this kind of mutual, you know, joy of I'm going to help you take a great picture with me, but I'm just going to also enjoy the fact that you are a famous actor and is actually in the star Wars movie. And so, and that's just how it went. And we, we had a great time. Uh, you know, my, my one desire, I'm like, if all else is I need to meet Phoebe, uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge who plays L337. Cause, and I was like, okay, just please don't let her, please don't let her pass me by because that would just be the saddest of things. And she was, you know, coming down the carpet and the carpet's probably about 40, 50 feet wide. And it's got, you know, so, and it kind of can get crowded towards that time. You could see on the live stream that there's, you know, it's not exactly a flow. It's more like a wandering channel of stardom and people who make the film. And she was coming down and I think a friend of hers or someone saw her and, and grabbed her and said, you need to go over there <laughs> and, and steered her in my direction. And I'm so glad I have pictures and video of the look on her face when she saw me. It's just a, it's one of those genuine smiles where you can tell someone is really like, oh, my gosh, that's that's amazing. And she steps over and she's trying to to look at it and, and take it in. And she's like, it's so odd being next to L3 because, again, she's always been L3. She's never stood next to the character, maybe on a mannequin, but it's always been her. And and I said, yeah, I you know, it looked like a really fun character and. I'm like, welcome to the Star Wars fandom, because this is what happens. Uh, you may have thought it was just another movie, but it's a little something more. And I think she's going to do great in the fandom. I really hope she starts to do conventions or or something in, in due time, because she's super sweet. And she was just taking it all in like we were. But she posed for pictures with me. Uh, my friend asked her to sign my Funko Pop Cause there's like literally no merchandise for L3 just yet. But so she signed my badge and the top of my Funko and was just super sweet. And, and like I said, took pictures and just had this big smile the entire time of like, Oh my gosh, someone, you know, loved my character enough 
to and let alone the movie hasn't even come out yet <laughs> to, to to do this costume. So that that was probably the highlight of of the red carpet. I mean, and then there's pictures with you know Ron Howard and like I said, Paul Bettany. And I did not uh, I did not get next to uh, Donald Glover, but I did see him about ten feet away, and we made I guess droid eye contact. I don't know where he was looking exactly, but. <laughs> Uh, but we make eye contact and, and I kind of do the little like salute near my head, like yeah. the trailer. Cause, and he's like, L3, what are you doing here? <laughs> and, and then he kind of like keeps walking on and I'm like, Hey, I'm good. That's good enough. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm taking it. Uh, but it was great. And, and not just the actors, but I also got to meet a lot of the behind the scenes people. So I got to meet, uh, David Crossman and Glenn Dillon, who are the costume designers of solo and I think also rogue one. And we had been actually Instagramming back and forth a little bit as I was working on L three and, and he was like, so you say you're finishing this for an event in two days. What, what event would that be? And I'm like, <laughs> cause yeah, I'm not, I'm trying not to like, you know, shout it from the rooftops and, mm-hmm. and, and I'm like, Oh, well I, I've, I've been fortunate enough to, to get an invite from Lucasfilm to the, to the premiere in Hollywood. He's like, Oh, well, I will look for you. Cause I mean, they're from the UK, so I'm not expecting them to be in the country. And he's like, Oh, we'll be there. And I'm like, well, you, you come find me because I'll be easy to find. Yeah. I'll be the one looking like L337. <laughs> and, and, and it was great. So they came up and they admired it and, and took pictures and the VFX team from Lucasfilm or from ILM, uh, was there and they all took pictures and they're like, Oh, we're the ones who are responsible for digitally removing Phoebe from the costume. And, you know, there's a little bit of critiquing like, Oh, well yeah, this detail. And I'm like, come on, oh, like, come on guys. The movie's literally not come out yet, but you know, I just, I let it roll. Cause it was, it was all, you know, friendly jabs. And, and I'm like, this better end up on the wall in your office cubicle because I mean, come on, come on. You're, you're standing with L3. Right. <laughs> uh, but it was great. And just, you know, again, pictures with, uh, you know, actors and, and a lot of technical crew, a lot of people from, you know, not just those that are the face, but those that do a lot of the work and, and help create, you know, an amazing movie. So, yeah. And so we were out there for about an hour or two and apparently we were on this, you know, the Star Wars broadcast. I, I got to watch the footage later. And I mean, it's a very bright white droid and it's fairly large. So it kind of is noticeable in the background. Like you said, it's it's not hard to miss, uh, which I guess worked to my to my favor. Uh, but yeah, so after we did the the red carpet spiel, they took us back to suit down and rest our, our weary feet and then it was right on into the the Dolby Theater, and we had pre-assigned seating, and we sat down. We were kind of intermixed with all of our 501st and, and fandom friends, as well as some uh, some actors and the Star Wars show people. And then, you know, no previews. Time for the movie. Here it goes. And uh, we did see Ray Park walking by. Didn't really realize why at the moment, but right. that would later become <laughs> evident. Uh, and and yeah, and then we're just. Now there was a moment again we can we can talk about later where uh, I did yell out come on um because both of the droids that I've built have now died in their <laughs> respective franchises so that was a little disappointing but uh but we'll we'll get get to that later but that was in a nutshell the the red carpet experience like like I said it was um it was a blessing um because my friends were looking out for me 
and just the stars aligning to to let it happen. So I'm very very grateful for that experience. Yeah, yeah. Like I was saying, I think they cut to you before every like they would show like those commercial breaks where right. it was just they'd show more the solo trailers over and over again and i swear before every like commercial break they just cut to you and like, like it, oh is there is there a famous actor uh, you know let's just cut back to l3 l3's <laughs> over there well and again i don't know if like left hand is talking to right hand i don't know if fan relations is talking to the star wars show people so it could literally be they're like oh my gosh there's a l3 over there well let's use that <laughs> Bob, camera two, get over on that, you know. And uh, I think I ended up as a boomerang on the uh, Instagram feed or something for yeah. the Star Wars mm-hmm. for a moment. So I t- took took that. And we had a really nice article that was written f- about all the costumers that night uh, that were there. And that was on StarWars.com uh, again, which, again, you know, hey honey uh, i think you should go to starwars.com oh why oh no reason just uh, check out that article that's right there on the on the on the main page so again i i'm trying not to i'm trying to be as humble as possible i see this as the accolade time where you put in the work and the months of effort and i'm kind of just enjoying the ride at this point so i'll i'll say that yeah no i think much deserved much deserved so well thank you thank you so with Star Wars and costuming, you talked about you were in the 501st. How did this all begin for you? What are the roots where you were like, you know what? I love Star Wars. I love the franchise, but I want to do something more. I, I need to take it to the next level. Yeah. Um, well, I've always been a fan of science fiction. My my internet moniker is Dr. Sci-Fi. Uh, not Dr. Star Trek, not Dr. Star Wars, but Dr. Sci-Fi in general. I love uh, science fiction you know, from Stargate to Star Wars and everything in between. Uh, and I've been a Trekkie for most of my life and really enjoyed that. And that, I think, put a lot of great values into me. Um, but Star Wars has always just been that that big franchise that's just so fun. And from the droids to the action to the story, it's just a really great thing. And I think it was around Celebration 4 which was in 2007 here, down here in LA. And that was, you know, the one where they were celebrating the anniversary of a new hope. I think the 30th at the time, which now we've had the 40th. Sheesh. But that was my first exposure to the 501st Legion, which is a worldwide costuming group of, I think 12 to 13,000 members worldwide. And they're, you know, people who dress up as stormtroopers and officers and all the bad guy characters. And I'm like, oh, that looks like fun. And, you know, I'm sure they've gotten that question a million times and they had the proper literature already of, oh, this is what you want to do if you want to join. And it's really simple. You're over 18 and you have a screen accurate costume. And I'm like, screen accurate. What does that mean? (laughs) And they're like. Oh, well, here's the guides and here's the, the groups you can join and, and Facebook groups and online forums. And I'm like, I want to do a stormtrooper because, I mean, who doesn't love a stormtrooper? Man in uniform turns the lady's eyes. And I started saving up for my stormtrooper and a couple of uh, graduation presents and other things later was able to purchase my kit and finish that up. And I believe it was July 2014 is when I'd finished uh, my Stormtrooper and began my trooping life. And I've since added other costumes and other droids and other things. But 
the stormtrooper definitely gets the most play because it's I've never I've seen one event that's didn't ask for stormtroopers. And that's, I think, because they wanted Knights of the Old Republic characters only. Mm. Any other events always been like, hey, you know, stormtroopers go with Darth Vader or let's go over here. Uh, But it's been an amazing ride. A great community of people you know, really passionate about Star Wars, but also just families. I mean, these are people with kids and wives and husbands. And, you know, at the end of the day, when we take ourselves too seriously, we remind ourselves that we dress up as plastic spacemen, take it down a notch and, you know, just trade some patches and cards and have fun. And, uh, but it's taken me tons of places. I've met John Williams. I've met, uh, Mark Hamill, you know, I've gone to children's hospitals and, you know, walked in the rain and the mud and in pink armor for breast cancer. And it's been a really fun ride and not any time stopping, but, oh yeah, but that was the, the genesis of my, my costuming love. So I did a stormtrooper because, you know, that was probably one of my favorite characters. And then I did an officer because I wanted to be able to sit down and, uh, have a face that I could breathe, uh, because stormtroopers don't have either of those things. And then I uh, Rogue One came on the scene and uh, that was a great movie. I, I thought I'm like, this is a great concept. This is a great story. And oh, my gosh, it's got a seven foot droid. Let's look <laughs> at this guy. And we get K2SO. And I'm like, I'm, I'm going to build that because why not? And I'd never built anything on that scale or anything out of foam in general and it took me about a year to build K2. And it was fun just turning over the idea in my head of like, oh, how am I going to do this part? Or how am I going to do this? Or, you know, trying to get references and figure out how tall he is. And, okay, well, Alan Tudyk is this tall. And, you know, the, you know, Jin is this tall and Cassian is this tall. But don't, don't trust the tight shots because they could be standing in Apple boxes, you know, just you're trying to, to figure out all the, the details. And so created a K2SO puppet. Because uh, he was not meant for mere man to occupy him. Uh, <laughs> he was a completely CGI character. Because, again, why make a character when you can make a puppet for something that never existed in real life? I mean, that is where the challenge comes from and the, the fun. And so he is seven foot two of a workout. And I puppet him by a chest rig that connects to his body and dive fins that connect to his feet. And I can move his fingers, make him walk and talk. His eyes light up. Uh, he's got a voice, a voice changer, and he's a lot of fun. Because I mean, kids love K two S O. He's a he's a great character. He's his salty humor is really fun to converse in. I love talking in character with like other droids that speak droid speak, and I get to fill in what they say uh, because you can just take the conversation wherever you want. Um, so so K two took a year, and then we get the trailer for Solo. And that first trailer was what convinced me to do L3 because we got a couple of shots of L3, but we got a head to toe shot. And that was of her walking out behind Kira of the Falcon. And that's what told me that it was doable because I'm like, oh, she's a biped. okay? because I didn't even know what the lower half of K2 looked like for like three months. And (laughs) he could add tank treads as all as I knew, but he didn't. and so I'm like, okay, I, I want to do L3. You know, I, I've, this is my second rodeo, so I feel much more confident. 
let's let's get started and hopefully we'll hear what she sounds like in the second trailer because at that point we hadn't even heard her voice and so so started my research which was a little harder uh when the movie hasn't come out yet it was literally screenshots from the trailer the two tops cards which is a full straight on and a three quarter head to toe, which are really helpful because they're really detailed and they, you can see a lot. And then the back, I bought the Funko pop because it was the only thing I could find that was show her back. Now I do take it with a grain of salt because it is Funko pop dimensions, but you know, it's like, Oh, big circle thing here, little circle thing here. Here's the overall shape. It was enough to have a convincing back. And and just started piece by piece. Uh, I usually start with the joints because that's the trickiest part, like the neck and the ankles and the arms where things are going to move. That's where pieces need to fit really well. And But overall, it was a different experience this, than K2 because with K2, I was really concerned with his scale and that he'd be accurate and proportional. Like I was really worried that I'd make his foot and it'd be like 20% too big and he'd look like a clown. But with L3, it was more like, well, I'm wearing this, so I have to fit in it. So if so, her shoulders are now determined the width of my shoulders. Like that is just what it's going to be. And so I, I didn't have to do any of the internal mechanisms or support structure like with K2. And so I just started putting pieces together and, and started with the dome, and the, uh, which is built off of a hard hat. I did some cool uh, piston uh, friction pistons around the neck. And then just started doing piece by piece and gloves and arms and chest. And, you know, I had my list of what I wanted it to do. I wanted to be able to walk and talk and sit and touch things and, um, you know, see, you know, I mean, they sound like basic things, but I mean, when you, make, <laughs> I'd like to be able to see where I'm going, uh, walk, yeah, walk. Uh, I mean, one of the, the interesting parts is the feet because I mean, she doesn't really have, feet they're basically she's almost stilt walking i mean she's kind of walking on these kind of roundish droid parts with little tiny boxes that kind of make up her feet which of course uh they're not symmetrical because why would this be symmetrical in any way shape or form Uh, she is not she is a self-made droid of her own volition and her left foot doesn't know what her right foot's doing but uh so for my shoes i'm actually wearing four inch heels Uh, And most of that is to change the profile of my foot. So my foot, when I'm in a normal shoe, is 12 inches from front to back. But when the heel, it's 9 inches. And the width of her leg is 8 inches. So I only have a half inch on the front and the back that's sticking out. Because my goal was to make it not look like, oh, look, here's a boot with like 3 inches of foam under it. And to make it feel like... And it changes how you walk and it changes how you move and become the character. And so that it, that has become the limiting factor of how long I can wear L3 is uh, how long my feet can hold up. But uh, but yeah, but it just started coming together of this piece and that piece. And the last part was probably the legs. And again, that complex, you know, angles and how does it strap to you and how does it look and. Um, so with foam, you basically just cut out the pieces, uh, you glue it together with contact cement, and then you need to seal it because you can't just paint foam. It'll soak up all the paint. So I plasti-dipped, and plasti-dip comes in white, 
So the base color, her color is just straight plasti dip white. And then her accents are green, which took me a long time to figure out that color because most of the early shots were her in shadow or darkness, but she's got a green accent color, which is nice, which makes sense because, huh. you know, we have blue for R2, we have gold for 3PO, we have orange for BB-8, K2SO is black, and so L3 is green. So, but yeah, it's, and now she's, I've been on three events of her. I did the the premiere on the red carpet, and then I did uh, our local, I say local, but our, our the actual premiere, like when it went live on the 25th, I did the Chinese theater in downtown Hollywood because, you know, that's got that connection with Star Wars. And that was a lot of fun with a lot of other my other friends who were doing solo cosplays. We had a Beckett and a Kira and a Han and a Chewie and Tobias and a Lando and an L3. So we had a good, good group of people. And it was just fun just being there with fans. Um, So, yeah, so she's been a big hit so far. Uh, this weekend I'll be taking her and K2 down to Legoland, California. Ooh. They have their Star Wars weekends uh, these next two weekends. And so uh, her and K2 will be taking turns uh, entertaining at the, the Death Star wall and walking around the park. And she'll probably ask some employees where her minifigure is because I haven't seen one yet. But, you know, maybe maybe we'll get one if we're lucky. Did you have, before you started building these, because when you were talking about putting it together, it was blowing my mind. Like, did, did you have a background in engineering, am fabrication? I am, I, am I secretly a mechanical engineer? <laughs> yeah, because I, I wouldn't even know where to be. If I tried to make a K2SO, it would, yeah, it would it'd be K2O no. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> what? How do, how do you even begin? Well, I've always really enjoyed film. I initially went to school for film and I always loved special effects. And I always loved that. How are things made and how are things put together and geometry? And I could always like turn things inside out in my head and try to figure out, you know, how did things come together? And so with both those projects, I just started a little notebook and would just constantly be sketching in it. And I've always been pretty good at, you know, making like a, you know, three quarter or a technical sketch of, you know, I, I always say there's a there's a point in every project where scale matters. It's not the beginning, but you will reach it where, okay, this this actually needs to meet meet and and do what it's supposed to. But uh, yeah, that's just I don't know. It's just always been something I've enjoyed and been into with the mechanical parts of things and the and the behind the scenes and the and the creatures and the special effects that. Uh, just always intrigued me. So that's why I love doing K2 and L3 because it was a challenge. It was, you know, it's just a thousand little problems and you solve one and then move on to the next. Like, how am I going to wear this and how am I going to put it on and how am I? Well, that's not the first question. That's like the 800th question. But, you know, it's starting with, you know, how do I what do I make it out of and how light does it need to be and how do I see and how do I move and you know, what do I want it to do? And, um, I mean, when, when in the after party, after the, the movie, which is like all after party, it's just kind of a big convention space and everyone's walking around, you know, eating little plates of stuff. There was a solo Falcon. It was like the, the Falcon they made out of solo cups was in the middle, which was kind of cool to see. Uh, but I did get to chat with, uh, Glenn Dillon and, and David Crescent again after, 
uh, this time face to face without the, the costume on. And that was when I got to show them my, my little notebook and Glenn Dillon was like, it's like, why aren't you doing this? Like, what, <laughs> what do you do? And I'm like, Oh, you know, I just, I'm a, I, I do a technical analyst for, you know, health plan. And, and he's like, why, why don't you do this? I'm like, I don't know. It just never became, a, I mean, I would do it if I had the opportunity, I think, but it's in this stage in life, it's more, you know, it would need to be a transition, you know, to accommodate family and, and, yeah. you know, and finances and stuff. But, but I don't know. I feel like, you know, I read, I, you read about people who, who didn't really start doing what they're known for until they're like 40 and 50 or 30 or, or whatever. So I, I don't feel like there's like, I'm out of time. I feel like, you know, this is just my journey and this is, you know, making foam droids is, is a step in, in the direction that I like. And, you know, maybe it'll take me someplace else, but you know, we are making Star Wars nowadays, so who knows? It's, it sounds like you're making some good connections there, though. <laughs> it doesn't hurt living in Southern California. I will, I will admit that. But, uh, but no, I've, I've always felt that, you know, when you make art, when I consider, you know, the droids art, you know, you just do your best and you, you know, you put it out there, but you put it out there as like, hey, I did this, I did this cool thing, you know, that I'm proud of. And if people, and if it's good, you know, people will see it and will recognize it. You know, I, I mean, there's always the, the small self-promotion, but I, I feel like you don't really need to be like, oh, look at me, look at this thing yeah. I've done. You know, like, like there's a lot of other people who have made K2 and every person I come across, I, I always try to encourage them. Cause I'm like, you attempted K2SO, like already <laughs> you have my respect because he is not easy to make. And and I've heard some people in the in the Legion and uh, the ladies of the Legion that are like, we love L3. We want to make L3. And I'm like, OK, I will start writing things down because not that you have to do it the way I did it. But if that can help you, I want more L3s out there. I don't want to be the only one. I mean, the, what kind of convention would that be? Right. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so yeah, there, it has been fun making making some connections and, and we will see where that leads. But for now, it's it's a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to this weekend because now that the movie's out, people can actually know, you know, what this character is and uh, and hopefully we'll have some good interactions. Well, and the neat thing with like K2, which I was really hoping we'd see a K2 model droid in. I just want him walking solo. around somewhere. Yeah. I just, it doesn't have to be K2. I just want a KX series droid. I really was hoping he would show up in Rebels just in the just in the background. I don't even care if he talks, but not yet. I'm, I'm still I'm still holding out hope. You know, well, yeah, it, we got a lot more Star Wars coming. But the neat thing with L3 is there's only one or there was only one. And well, there still is only one L337. So. Right. You know, they're it's very unique. Yeah. So after seeing the film, finally, after working on L337 for so long, so sleepless nights, uh, you see the film when, when you're watching the film with, was it, how was it processing in your head? Were you, were you noticing the, the details of the droid? Were you, was, did her personality inform how you will continue to, to be L337? So when watching the film, especially for the first time, I, I wasn't 
looking at much at the details because I, I, I'd actually seen, you know, quite a bit just from the trailers and such. It was more the personality, like you said. I mean, that's what I wanted to absorb. Like, how does she talk and how does she treat people and how does she interact with Lando? And, you know, she's got a little British accent and how does she, you know, inflect things and, you know, She's different than K2 is interesting because K2 is very I, – I call K2 salty and L3 sassy. Ugh. That's kind of how I, I break it apart. And maybe that's not the best term. But uh, you know, K2 is just that really dry humor. Like he's holding the bag and they walk away and he just drops it. And he's just like, what? I'm not holding this. you know. And he's mm. just – or like I'll be there for you, Jen. Cassian said I had to. Like it's just – it's these hilarious lines and – you know, L3, though, is just this like I like how they're they're similar enough that it works with my personal sense of humor, which is kind of that, again, that dry humor or that saltiness. And so when I'm playing her and and talking, you know, I'm always usually making people crack up like I have to stop during photo shoots because hands not supposed to smile like that. But uh, <laughs> but it's fun to yeah, just have her, you know. It's just interacting with people and just making it a fun moment. I have yet to kind of dial in a lot of her lines. Like a, usually a go-to is so glad we took this job. I mean, that's a really good line that could be used in, in many places. Uh, but for the most part, her, her talking, I've yet to kind of nail down the, the introspectiveness that she has. I mean, like you get that scene with, with Kira where she's kind of just like having girl talk, you know, yeah. and like <laughs> – And she's got her knees pulled up to her chest and she's very, you know, she's physicality in that space of just kind of like she's almost twirling her hair, like her wires with her finger. Like she's basically doing that. Uh, And so that's what I was looking for is is how is she acting? How is she reacting to Lando? I really focused on Lando because that's the that's the big relationship right there is is her and him. You know, they're you know, she doesn't take any of his crap and any of his, you know, like, oh, it's like, are you done flirting? I'm still ready. Like, come on. Or, you know, I I didn't agree to plot us a course there. Like, did you ask? Did you even ask me? You know, like she's an, she's their astromech, but she'd like to be consulted on where they're going, which <laughs> is fair enough. I can I can get behind mm-hmm. that. And I like the relationship she has with Lando. I like how she sees him for who he is. Like he cannot fool her. You know, he can't charm his way to get her to do what she doesn't want to do. But the fact that they work together shows me that they, there is that respect there because if there wasn't, she just wouldn't be on the ship because she would just be like, no, I'm I'm not doing this. So, uh, you know, I think she tempers him a bit and, and I'll be honest, like both I've seen the film twice so far in theaters and both times when, when, you know, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen solo, uh, you probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast, but, yeah. uh, um, but when she dies, it's, I, I mean, it, it is a droid and, but it is a character and it's a character that they have put time to invest us into. And I mean, personally, I've am very invested in this character because of, you know, a lot of the work I've done, but, but even that aside, like, her death impacted me both times. I, I was sad and, and it's just, you can feel like Lando changes and that like he throws everything out the window and is like, I don't care if I'm getting shot at. I don't care 
that I'm in the middle of this war zone. I'm going to get to LP. And then she falls in half as he's trying to pull her apart. And that's when you're like, oh, this isn't going well. Like, this is probably not going to end well. Um, and, you know, he gets her on uh, on the Falcon. And I'm just listening to what she's saying. And she's just saying, like, you know, she's saying his name over and over. Like, Lando, Lando. Like, like what's going on? Like, she just doesn't understand as she's shutting down. And and then we get the moment, you know, he's grieving. He's trying to pull it together and do his like tourniquet wound on his arm. And they're like, Oh, we still gotta, still gotta get out of here. We're still in trouble. And he gets, you know, her Nava computer module out and connects into the Falcon. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, now she's a part of the Falcon. And my first thought right after that was, man, what a impact that doubled the impact to me when Lando loses the Falcon. Because now he's lost both things that he cares about. He's lost his last connection to L3, his first mate, and he's lost his prized ship. And I'm like, dude, I feel for you because that like, I mean, I know it's just a card game, but like that's hard. And I, I'd like to, you know, again, this starts to become headcanon at a point. But, you know, I'd like to think that, you know, when he's back in the ship and the Battle of Endor, like, you know, I'm I'm sure he said something like, here we go again, L3. You know, you know, that moment happened, mm-hmm. you know, because he's got that connection, you know, that really big connection with the Falcon. Um, and and also my head cannon, I, I feel that one of the reasons he works with Lobot, who I always saw as a connection to Cloud City, like I didn't everyone's like, where's Lobot? I'm like, Lobot's part of cloud city like i really don't think lobot's gonna be jetting around like this old bald man in the cockpit of the falcon like i just i'm not seeing it but in my in my head canon lando works well with lobot because lobot doesn't really have a personality or at least that we see on film because i don't think he wants that deep connection that he had with l3 again because he doesn't want to lose that again so, again, I mean, I know it's all like, oh, well, that movie was written before this movie and whatnot. But, you know, in the Star Wars universe, I could see that happening. I mean, that's the point of headcanon is drawing things together in a logical way. And as many people have pointed out, we get the line in Empire where C-3PO, you know, says, you know, I don't know where your comp- your ship learned to talk, but it's got the most peculiar dialect. And, and you guys opened up my eyes to what like journey and adventures and shapes and colors or something like that. (laughs) And I'm like, what, I'm like, what are you guys talking about? And that was even greater that it was a female voice from the Falcon. Like, no, Uh, you could, you could hear a little sass in the audio recording. Like she was kind of biting her tongue. Mm -hmm. Like, no, you no, it's a white geez. It's just, it's a white square. Really? It's a white square. Don't, can you not C-3PO, tell colors? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so, yeah, I think, you know, it's a she's been a really good character and I was definitely sad to see her go and sad that both droids that I built have died in their respective single uh, single films. But uh, but I'm hoping that she grows on people and I'm hoping, uh, you know, that people like the character. I, I, d- I definitely feel it's not as big a character as K2. I mean, K2 is like everywhere and he was a main part of the branding and, you know, he got his own solo poster and he's just, K2 was, a K2 was big and L3, 
she's definitely more minor. She did make it on the poster, so we'll I'll give her that. Um, but I'm hoping that she, you know, has finds her own fandom and that people just really enjoy getting to share their love of the character with uh, with Phoebe because uh, she definitely deserves it. I liked how different L3 was. Uh, I've, I love the moment where she leans back in the chair and just says to Kira, oh, please. <laughs> it's like, it's like, just us girls. Yeah. <laughs> and Kira's like, this is getting weird. Yeah, the look on her face. And yeah. then she's like, it could work. And Kira's like, I, I don't want to ask, but I, I have to. How? <laughs> how would that work? And she's like, it just would. And it's like, you're not answering the question, but I don't really want to push it. So yeah, it's, it's like super awkward, but also like endearing at the same time. It's really, um, but I, I cut you off, but yeah, she, she, that's a good, that's a great scene in the cockpit. I've been a fan of two one B for, for decades. And, you know, so I, I love just, uh, I love droids with, I won't even say droids with attitudes just droids in general. So (laughs) I think, L337 will definitely have a have a big following coming up. And, and I was thinking about it again today of like, you know, did she need to die? Like, sh- could she have, you know, stayed on the planet to keep the rebellion going? I'm like, nah, it doesn't really sound like her. And then the more I thought about it, the more it actually completely made sense in the fact that, oh, well, yeah, she, she kind of had to because just for the fact that the next sequence is the Kessel run and she cannot be the one in the co-pilot seat that has to be chewy. Uh And I'm like, well, if L three is functioning, she's going to be in that seat and you're not going to tell her otherwise. So putting those pieces together, you look at it and you're like, okay, it actually, I'm not saying I like it, but I'm saying plot wise, I, you could, the writing's kind of on the wall that that's where it was going. Um, but still I, you know, was sad for, for Lando's loss and maybe he'll make a memorial for her on cloud city, the L three deck or something. <laughs> How cool would it be in episode nine? If like Ray or BB eight, for some reason, they've got a plot of course in the navigation computer. And just for a hot second, we heard L three three's voice or like a garbled version of it. Oh, I think I would lose my mind, but I, <laughs> I, I actually heard someone talk about something similar to that. And I think the way they phrased it was, you know, cause yeah, cause like you said, Ray has the Falcon now and they're, she's trying to plot a course or something. And all of a sudden we hear, you know, L3 going like, Oh, that sounds like a great place to go, you know? And, and Ray's of course like, Oh my gosh, you talk like, I didn't know the Falcon talked. She's like, yeah, I've been silent for about 40 years. Those guys were <laughs> sure. I just didn't even want to say anything, but you, I like, and then they're just off to their adventure. Like I know it's the longest of stretches. <laughs> if something like that would happen, <laughs> but that doesn't, you know, change the thought of thinking of it. And that would be a fun moment because yeah. I think, uh, I mean, I would just, and of course you'd get that 2% of the fandom that are like, you're only doing that because solo just came out and now it's a thing. I'm like, yeah, it's a thing. L three is a great character. You should, I totally want her chatting with Ray and, and now she's making the Falcon do loop de loops and autopilot autopilot Falcon powered by Ray, by L three. That would be the greatest thing. Uh, you know, and that's the, that's the girl, girl power team up right there. Ray and, the Falcon as L3. 
are we going to get that? I will. We'll see. <laughs> I, I think it's uh, less of a chance than completing the Kessel Run in eleven parsecs. But I don't. I don't think we're gonna. I don't yeah. think that's gonna happen. But yeah. But no, that would be great to uh, to see more. And you know, we we do get a little bit of her in the the was it first shot shot first. I always forget. Well, uh, last shot. Last shot. Yeah. Something with a shot. Yeah. Um, yeah. The 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 tie in novel. Uh, which of course I devoured because it's a hey, information about L three. Let's read this, and uh, we get some a little bit of her with uh, with Lando in uh, their their pre time. But yeah, maybe we'll get some comics. Maybe we'll get some more of the character. But uh, it would be nice to to see her a little bit more because I think uh, she's just really unique. The fact that she's I want to see a evolution of L three like a poster where it's like, what did she start as? Was it an astromech? Which I kind of think that makes the most sense because that's kind of her core function. But then did she add, you know, like C-3PO arms? And then did she add like R2 leg, extra legs? And then when did she become bipedal? And then when did she, like, I kind of want to draft out like a five or six phase step from astro droid to L3 you know, I don't know if that exists somewhere in a designer's mind, Glinda, and I'm looking at you, but, uh, you know, I think that would be an interesting concept to see, uh, you know, the evolution of L3. You, you got, you know, get out the pencils and the paper <laughs> and start drawing. Well, I have, I have plans for L3 and K2 because they are my children. And so I plan on posing them in many nineties, awkward family photos, uh, I've already taken a, a group photo with all of my droids and they look really unhappy to be in the picture because, you know, what child likes being posed. But uh, I see them as brother and sister and they are going to have many a squabble and it's going to be lots of fun. <laughs> well, I can't wait to see those photos also. Um, so you, you build They're basically can- giant action figures, yeah. like really big, but... You built K2, you, you made an L3. Um, do you have any if you had any germs of ideas for what could be next? Um, I actually, I think I have decided on my next build. Uh, I saw a builder make a really good Captain Rex from Star Tours. And uh, before C-3PO took his job and kicked him to the curb. Uh, <laughs> but it's a nice trade because it's small. Uh, and it's something I could put on like a motorized base and maybe add a little bit of servo to that's kind of my next hurdle is adding remote control and, um, electronics. I do have some upgrades planned for K2 to add like servos to his neck and more kind of puppetry motion. But I think Rex would be a, a fun project, something that can be taken. Actually, it's more that it's something that can be left by itself and I don't have to be in. <laughs> so yeah. if we want to park him somewhere and I can just stand to the side, that would be nice. I haven't yet to experience that in my droids. Uh, they're a bit of a workout, but, uh, but yeah, I think there, there's a lot of love for Rex. I know my wife loves the character and, uh, and again, just, he's a good size, you know, pretty, should be pretty easy to fabricate out of, you know, wood and foam and plastic, uh, and I, like I said, there's been a couple builds out there that I've seen, so I don't have to start from exact scratch. But I am hoping that we get a really cool droid 
maybe in uh, Dave Fioni's new Resistance anime. And if it's uh, if it's buildable and wearable, then I'll probably jump on that because that would be awesome to do something from his work. Yeah, an animated style that would be very cool. Ooh, that would be cool. Like yeah. hard, like no shadow, flat colors with outlines, like looking like it walked off the page. That would actually be even cooler to like stylize it. Um, I've seen some like backpacks that look like that, where they look like they're literally cell animated. And you look at it, it's like, is that real? Is that three dimensions? Because it looks flat. That would be, of course, you know, again, a challenge of making something that didn't exist in real life. Because why, why do something simple when you can ha- make your own droid children? Darren, this has been amazing. Uh, fascinating conversation. Where if people want to check out the photos of your droid children, your L3, <laughs> your K2, the whole deal. How can, how can people do this? Uh, the best spot would be my website, which is drsci-fi.com, D-R-S-C-I-F-I. And I have a, a troop blog where I talk about, you know, when I'm out as a stormtrooper or a K2. I have a lot of great pictures of K2. We did a great photo shoot at a power plant with a whole crew of Rogue Ones. So we got all the main characters, and that was like 100 degrees out. But it was worth it for the pictures. And I'm actually starting on a write-up for L3 that will also be on the site for people who want to make the costume for themselves and uh, will replicate her across the stars. But yeah, so Dr. Sci-Fi is a great spot. Uh, If they want to follow me on any of my accounts, uh, Instagram, Twitch, or Twitter is all Dr. Sci-Fi. A lot of pictures on Instagram as I'm, it's a great in progress uh, shot of the day, you know, as I'm working on things Uh, and Twitch, I'm usually on at least once a week. Uh, My friend, uh, Nick from Portland, we do K Tuesdays, where we because he he built a K two as well, so we'll work on our projects through Skype and stream together and work on things. Uh, so it's a lot of fun. But so I pretty much have the Doctor Sci Fi name locked up in most places. So that's a that's a good place to start. Oh, I love it. I love it. I know. I I don't know how I found you on Instagram, but as soon as I saw some of the stuff you're posting on there, I yeah, it was it's like. This is one of the best Instagram finds I have ever found. So <laughs> I recommend it to everyone. Go check out the website. Follow them on whatever you can. Because um, I don't know, Darren. They're going to need a lot of droids at that uh, Galaxy's Edge. So and you're oh, you know man. you're not far. You know so that's yeah oh, man that would be well because they've kind of stopped doing the Star Wars weekends. So if we could get a Star Wars weekend experience, oh man, it's it's interesting. I. Like I get it with K2 because I because I actually have been at Disneyland um, as a stormtrooper when they had their what was it called? It was like Disneyland After Dark. It was like a special event that was in the evening and it was Star Wars themed because Star Wars was about to come out and they had a bunch of us from the 501st and Rebel Legion and so I actually as a stormtrooper got to march from Toontown to Main Street. And which was, again, surreal because you're like, I'm in the parade where I mean, I know lots of people (laughs) and bands and everybody's been in these parades like it's not super special, but I'm like, this is really awesome. And anyway, all that to say, uh, I did offer them K2SO and I'm like, hey, here's a picture because I always ask with K2 because he's kind of a, you know, he's big and imposing. And they're like, well, it's not quite what we're looking for this time because he's a puppet like I can't hide you know, it's obviously I'm a guy walking behind him. But with L3, 
we'll see. We'll see yeah. if that uh, leads to other things because while it is kind of apparent as a costume, it is much more forgiving in hiding its operator. Um, and one last thing I'll say about it is is interesting that uh, partway through development, uh, Glenn Dillon posted an awesome picture of Phoebe Waller-Bridge in her L3 costume. And what most of us, I think, had assumed that it was a full motion capture where she was completely removed or not on set. But actually, she wore all of the hard pieces and had a green undersuit where they digitally removed all of the in-between pieces and added in the the wires and cables. And I'm like, that's awesome. That's the best of both because you get the interaction on set with the, the other you know crewmates and, and characters – but you get the physically impossible thinness of, you know, a wire droid. So when I saw that, I'm like, oh, that's basically what I'm doing. I just don't have a visual effects team to follow me around. So I have to make the wires myself. But that that kind of cemented the it is possible. You know, I just have three weeks to get it done. So <laughs> I think that was how uh, George Lucas finished A New Hope. Back in '77, I think he had he was under the deadline. Like it is possible, but let's re-edit the entire thing, and we have three weeks. Right, <laughs> right. John, John Williams, get over here. We need to we need some, a magical score really fast. Thank you again. Go follow Darren on everything. I'm I'm so glad I took this job. <laughs> How great was that? That was amazing. I don't know what to say. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you again, Darren, for taking the time and talking to me. And uh, I can't wait to see what he builds next. I hope he gets to build that uh, Captain Rex from Star Tours that he was talking about. That's really going to be. That's going to be something, you know. Yeah, that'll be something to see. All right. We had a couple solo reviews coming in. Super hot, um, but we didn't want to leave them out. So here are two more of your reviews for Solo. All right, let's check them out. Hey, Blast Points. It's Cole from Canada. And um, I've been listening to your podcast for a very long time now. And this is the first voice recording I've sent you. And it's going to be on my thoughts on Solo. And um, I really, really, really loved Solo. And I've loved all of the new Star Wars stuff. I loved The Force Awakens. I loved Rogue One. And I loved Last Jedi. But I was still really skeptical on Solo. I wasn't like saying the movie's oh the movie's gonna be horrible and before it's come out but i was i was skeptical but it blew my expectations out of the water i i I absolutely loved it 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 wasn't just like han's origin story where you show him as a kid and the odds like oh here's how he grew up it was a heist movie with han as the star of it and it was a really really fun ride lots of references for the fans that i didn't feel like were fan service like uh, seeing two tubes and weasel and like uh, I hate you I know all that kind of stuff like it didn't feel like fan service um, except for I guess the Darth Maul thing which I, I wasn't a huge fan of but like it definitely didn't ruin the movie for me at like at all I, I loved it Alden Ehrenreich as Han Solo he really captured Han Solo's essence and a lot of people are gonna say. Oh, he did a horrible job, but like they just didn't give him a chance 
they 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 were all saying that before the movie even came out. So I I I thought he did a fantastic job. Everyone's been saying Donald Glover did a great job. Well, he did. He did a great job. Uh, I love the new characters. Um um all the planets and everything. They looked great. Um the music in it was great. John Powell did a great job and I actually really like Michael Giacchino's score too. Uh but some people didn't like it for some reason. I think they were, I, I don't know. The Star Wars fan base just isn't open-minded at all, and I've realized that's probably the biggest problem with it. Um, yeah, so the, I, I really like the direction Star Wars is going in. I think I love all the new stuff. I'm actually not a big fan of the prequels. Uh, I'm probably your only listener who isn't, uh, because most people who don't like the prequels probably would have stopped listening to you, but everyone's allowed to have their own opinion but yeah this is han solo was basically exactly what i wanted from star wars and what i wanted that movie to be and i really love the direction star wars going in and i'm having a great time i'm i'm excited for all the movies and i just can't see why people are all being so cynical right now we live in the golden age of star wars and that's the truth it's we're in the golden age of star wars it's since 2015 we've had four movies that should be enough and we've got a live-action show coming. Oh, and speaking of shows, will the Calrissian Chronicles be a show? Because I think that that would make a great show. All right, guys. So, um, yeah, I can't wait for the next episode. And, um, yeah, I, I'm just really happy with everything, and I love Solo. Um, and I, if I had to rate it out of 10, I'd probably give it a 10 out of 10, because I'd be lying if I didn't, like give it that much because i had so much fun with it and it, it, i'm gonna rank the star wars movies and i'd really be interested into hearing what your ranking is so now that there's 10 movies which is just shocking at number 10 i'd put attack the clones nine the phantom menace eight revenge of the sith uh seven rogue one six the last jedi uh five solo Four, A New Hope. Three, The Force Awakens. Two, Empire Strikes Back. And num number one, uh, Return of the Jedi. So I'd be really interested in hearing your rankings because, um, yeah, I, I I'm wondering what you guys your guys' least favorite Star Wars movie is. I'd be really interested in hearing that. So um, yeah, thanks. I'm excited for the next episode. Bye, guys. Hey, what's going on, Blast Points? This is Vertebrae Thirty Three, and I was checking in with my solo review. I decided the best way to handle this was to do it in the most blast points way I could think of. As soon as the movie started, I felt like I was sucked right into it, and then something happened. Lady Proxima appeared on the screen. After I recovered from that, I felt myself in another situation with a little fella named Rio. After I recovered to the loss of Rio, I started feeling all kinds of other emotions. And next thing I know, Maul showed up on screen.
So in summary, I totally love the movie, and I give it four colo clawfish skewers up. Thanks, Blast Points. Keep up the great work. And thank you for listening to this episode of Bonus Points, special weekend edition of Blast Points. We'll have yet another new episode coming on Tuesday. So thanks, everybody. Yep, thank you. Bye-bye. May the force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you.